That's what we say in therapy. It's like we're just planting seeds for some people. They just need to come in for a couple of sessions. We plant some of those seeds. It's going to germinate. And so later on down the road, they'll be ready to make some changes. This is where things like helicopter parenting and snowplow parenting are dangerous because if you're trying to fix their problems for them, you have to let them fall down a few times. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the crops need to die, Mm -hmm. but sometimes they'll grow into a giant chia head once they finally (laughs) get it. And that's fantastic for everyone. And really, that's the ideal, the chia head. Time for episode 37 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. She, a licensed mental health therapist, I, a longtime patient, and this week we are exploring something just in time for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Couples at each other's throats, Courtney. <laughs> this is an interesting topic, and it generated off of a conversation that you and I were having mm-hmm. about this that had nothing to do with the podcast or our morning radio show. I'm a guy who has been in two very long-term relationships over the course of my lifetime, both of which resulted in marriages. I was with the first wife for 15 years. I'm with the current wife for 14. I'm Mm -hmm. now 50. I've had some other relationships that were, you know, about a year in length and many others that were a lot less. They were all set after (laughs) a couple of months and who could blame them. (laughs) But one thing that I will say about every single one of them, it's like snowflakes. Mm -hmm. They're all different. Every relationship has its own rhythm and every relationship I think succeeds or fails based on that. And a lot of times, the key to the success or failure is how you disagree with each other. Mm -hmm. Now, I have met those couples who will say to me, oh, we never fight. To which I raise an eyebrow and I say, okay, well, maybe that's the case. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that you never disagree, that's not a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And that might be the kind of thing where one of you thinks that you don't fight, one of you thinks that you don't disagree, but maybe the other one is intimidated into not fighting mm-hmm. or holding things involuntarily, neither of which is healthy. So there is such a thing as fighting fair. And I also think, Courtney, for people who don't know how to fight, this is where counseling can be really important. And somebody like you can serve as the referee. Right. And that's the thing. So many people that I have met and also me included, you might not have learned exactly how to fight fair, as we say, or fight respectfully. What happens is, and it's a good point that you made, that a lot of times we're taught to be either passive or we get aggressive. So we get passive, we just take it and take it and take it until we can't take it anymore, and then we blow. And the thing of it is, what I teach my clients, there's so much in between in the assertive realm. So it's taking responsibility for how you feel, expressing it in a respectful way, and keeping it so that you're not being aggressive, but that you're also not being passive where you're just kind of yesing people or shutting down. That Mm -hmm. is the worst thing is when people withdraw or shut down, you can feel that energy being pulled away from the relationship. And that's where a lot of the issues are. A lot of times it may not be about the disagreements or some of that stuff. What it is, is when you feel like someone is actually withdrawing from the relationship and taking that energy away, that's when you can get into trouble in the relationship. Now, when I mentioned the two long-term ones I had, the 15-year that eventually petered out and the 14-year, I would say that both women are very similar. Of every 
person that I've been with, they personality-wise matched each other in a lot of different ways. However, when it came time to process and handle disagreements, there were some pretty big differences, and I think one of them ultimately cost me the first marriage. And that's not to say that I don't think that was a quality relationship, because I think that it was, but I think it's one that ultimately lacked maturity and lacked communication. And when we talk about fighting versus disagreements, Mm -hmm. that's where we got tripped up, because I was doing so many things wrong. I was too young to realize it, and she was somebody who hated confrontation. So she was just pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down, and then eventually, and we've talked about this before, like Mount St. Helens, Mm -hmm. it just all (laughs) erupted. And by the time the toothpaste was out of the tube, there was no putting it back in. And we tried to go to therapy. We're still very good friends, but the relationship thing just sort of withered on the vine without my knowledge because I didn't know all of these things that were bothering her because I was so young. Mm -hmm. It served as a learning experience and also taught me how to behave now in this marriage, which I think is going very well. (laughs) But I will tell you by comparison, for people who say, well, we don't fight and that's the sign of a good relationship. My wife and I fight like cats and dogs, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And recently, our 21-year-old, we were having a talk with him about this. He's going through his own struggles through the pandemic and everything else, and he said, there are times that I get upset when I hear you fighting. He comes from divorce from his own mom. Mm -hmm. She had another marriage, and maybe they didn't fight in healthy ways like we do. And I said to him, we are doing you a disservice if we don't show you conflict, if we don't show you that we are not perfect and that we have to work things through. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for you to see that. But I think it's also important for you to see at the end of the day that your mom and I can have a disagreement and still love each other unconditionally Mm -hmm. and hold no grudges and no resentment when it comes to that. Because he and I had had a problem over a conflict that we'd had that really threw him off because sometimes his mom can be a little too easy on him. And sometimes I feel like I have to make up for that. Right, right. But to him, that made him want to run and hide. And mm-hmm. I started to see some of the things that I saw from my ex-wife. And that was a fire that we all had to put out as a family. But it's so important, no matter how you handle it, to handle it. Right. And to kind of throw it out there, too, because I think it's great that he was giving you feedback and you were able to give him feedback on the situation. But also, a lot of times people will get triggered for different things. And sometimes we have to handle things in different ways. And it's good for you to be mindful of the effect that it has in the household, even though you guys are just doing your thing and you're not feeling like it's anything that's hurtful for the two of you. You're kind of airing things out and this is your process. But it's difficult when there's kids involved too, no matter what the age is, it's good to have another piece and another lens to look through. But I think it was really important how you would sit down with him and that you guys have that relationship where you can talk about that and say, yeah, there's times when we're not going to agree and we need to not show you this picture perfect marriage so that when the children get into a marriage and they're like, what's going going on here? Why are there disagreements? It wasn't exactly. like this for my parents. And that's what I said. Um, but at the same time, it's also informing them that there are ways to have limits and boundaries when you fight. So we've all been in relationships where there was just kind of like no bounds. That can be destructive too. It's good to have some limits and some boundaries so that we keep it within a range and we're not so regretful of some of the things we might say. So when it comes to my two experiences with marriage, I told you the first time, yeah, we never fought. We were that couple mm. and it didn't work out. Now I'm telling you, 
telling you, well, we fight all the time. That doesn't mean if you're not fighting all the time with right. your own significant <laughs> other that you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Again, every single relationship mm-hmm. has its own rhythm, right. has its own boundaries, limitations, things that people are willing to put up with, others that they're not. And I do find that for the two of us in my current situation, it's good to get it out. It's good to have that mm-hmm. open line of communication. I will tell you this. It is not perfect right. because I grew up with a younger brother. And this is part of the problem that we're having with our own, I call him a child, he's 21. He was an only child. And I said, I learned how to fight with my brother. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of denied that. You never really had that chance. <laughs> Brian's like, you were denied that. You and your brother, really. <laughs> Some of those stories, that Brian. wonderful experience <laughs> of the one time that I, quote unquote, accidentally stabbed my brother in the head with a pair I'm of scissors. I'm not sure your stepson is like, oh, wow, I really missed out. <laughs> but what I also say to him, and I say this to my wife, too, because she had a different experience in that she had a brother, so it was a different gender thing, and I think that they probably disagreed differently than two brothers who were very close in age right. would have fought. So when I have a fight, and I say this about my guy friends, too, you can say the nastiest, most awful, hurtful mm. thing in the world. Ten minutes later, I'm done. Right. I've moved on. My wife, and <laughs> I don't want to make this a gender thing completely, but I think that women way more so than mm-hmm. guys need a little bit more time to process that kind yeah. of thing. And if we do struggle, my wife and myself coming mm-hmm. off of a fight, it's in that area where I'm ready to move on, but she wants to <laughs> marinate in right. it for a little while. And there's a price for me to pay for that. Right. And I wanted to bring up that point about people have different personalities and handle things differently. And the way that we're nurtured and we're brought up, there's certain ways that we process things. Oftentimes we talk as women that we just want to process it and talk about it and validate each other's feelings. Men, they've been nurtured to be more of the problem solvers. So if you bring a problem to a guy, he's going to be like, all right, do this, this, this. Why didn't you do that? Whereas a woman would be like, listen, I just wanted to let you know, and I just want some validation and some support. I don't need you to problem solve. So sometimes when we get in a fight, different things can happen because of the gender or the personality. And like you said, you're more often to say, okay, everything can just come up. Anything goes. Because like with you and your brother, you would still love each other at the end of the day, but you guys could be like, rah, 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 and let it out. But at the same time, other people may not have that. And all of a sudden they're taken back and they don't know how to process all of this. So you're already done and gone and like having a coffee and they're like stewing in the thing. So it's good to know what your habit is and how you argue and fight with people and also to know how they do so that you can adjust it so you can have more productive arguments. Here's the other problem. My brother and myself both have done the same thing for a living our entire lives. Mm -hmm. We've been writers and we've been on the radio. So we are very verbal and the things that we (laughs) say and how good we are with words sometimes Mm. can be very hurtful to other people. Whereas because I'm so used to dealing with somebody who's on my level with that, I take almost nothing personally. And not only that, Mm -hmm. in terms of having public jobs like that, I'm so used to criticism. I'm so used to getting trolled on the internet Mm -hmm. that after a while, these things just roll right off of you. I always tell the story about when I first started in radio, it was back in the day where there would be people on at three in the morning. And I was that guy on the weekend and drunk people would call me up and ask for a request. Little secret in radio, very rarely do requests get played. (laughs) And about an hour later, when I hadn't played their request, that same drunk guy would say, I know where the studio is. I'm going to be waiting for you in the parking lot when you get out of there. I was like, (laughs) 
about two months in, I'm like, the address is 75 <laughs> Eastern Avenue. Like, I just didn't even care. But the problem is, that's the ability that I have to process those yeah. things. Most people don't have that. And my wife definitely doesn't have mm-hmm. that. And that's where we still have a disconnect. But here's the good news. That means that even though we have a good marriage, we still have to work at it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're feeling like your relationship is a struggle, that doesn't mean that you should panic and run for the hills. It might just mean, hey, you need to work a little bit harder. Yeah, working harder and also just opening up more, maybe listening more and hearing how things are affecting the other person. Because a lot of times we just get stuck in how we've always done things. And it's our ego saying, no, I'm right, you're wrong, or this is how it's going to be. And so if we can kind of take a breath and say, wait a minute, let me just listen to what they're saying. I don't even have to agree with it, but maybe let me just consider. That's one of the things they do in couples counseling is to hear each other out, but to not respond right away. Let the person know something and how you're feeling. Use I statements. Take responsibility for how you feel rather than saying, well, you did this. Well, no, how do I feel when this happened? And then let the other person think about it for a little bit and come back the next day and have a discussion about it rather than having in the moment. A lot of times in the moment, things get so heated that we say things that we really regret later on. And some people need time to process. For you, your brain works so quickly that it doesn't bother you as much. You can come up with responses like this. For other people, their brain just stops and they freeze. And then they just come out with something that they don't really mean because they're trying to defend themselves. So rather than being about the argument and listening to each other, it becomes about like, I have to defend myself. So we have to use different tools for different people to help us to argue better. In my wife's previous career life, she dabbled in law Mm -hmm. and she thought that when it would come to an argument or defending oneself, that she would never meet her match. Well, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) She did. Yeah, unfortunately for her. But I like what you had to say about listening versus talking. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I say to our Gen Zer all the time. The OK Boomer generation, the selfie generation, if you would just shut your mouth a little bit more, trying to tell us how you know everything and open your ears that much more, Mm -hmm. you might actually learn something about yourself. And that goes for somebody like myself who is 50 years old. Sometimes my wife needs to point something out about me where I have to admit, yeah, you know what? Mm -hmm. You're right. And I'm going to try to do better. You are never too old or too young to learn something. And they say that all the time, too, about interviewing people. Mm -hmm. It's way more about the listening than trying to think about what you're going to say next. And that's the thing. A lot of times that's what we're doing. We're always anticipating and saying, okay, what do I need to say next? How do I need to respond? It can be very difficult in a relationship. People are just saying, they're not listening to me. I keep saying this. And so that's why in counseling, a lot of times it can be so helpful because you can be the mediator to say, okay, let me put it in some different words. This is what they're saying and this is how they're feeling. It's almost like kind of translating it to the other person. They go, oh, they hear it a little bit differently and it strikes them a little bit differently and you can get through. So sometimes you do need another person there to help you with that. And that can be really awesome in getting people to really get on the same page. To use a sports analogy, when you're talking, you're on defense, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're not on offense. You're not putting yourself in a position to be able to score points. Right, (laughs) right. Instead, you're really preventing the other person from doing what they need to do. 
mm-hmm. which is what you do on defense. And if that's how you're going to approach anything in life, if that's the only way you're going to do it, and look, you need a balance. Yeah. You can be on defense part of the time right. in any sport, that's the case. But you can be on offense, too. You just don't want to overdo one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right, and finding that balance. And I think it's important, especially in this time, too, not just about couples, but in general. I mean, we were just talking about this in between breaks in the show this morning about how many conflicts are going on, mm-hmm. how many people are on completely opposite ends and cannot have a conversation together. And it's causing so much strife for everyone. And you said it, too. I've never found myself in a position where I hate both sides so much. <laughs> <laughs> Increasingly. Oh, my God. Everybody is insufferable. It just takes so much energy now to go on social media. Oh, my gosh. Why can't we just listen? And so what I do is I actually seek out some of the opposing views to myself. I'll seek out certain radio stations or like talk radio or certain shows or certain people. It's hard for me to listen to because it's opposite of my view. But what I'm seeking is I'm trying to teach myself to be more tolerant. I'm a very tolerant person. I'm very open, but I do know I have certain ideas on things. And it's not necessarily to say that I want to change my ideas on things, but it's to understand where the other person is coming from and to say, okay, this was their experience and this is why they're choosing this or believing this. And then I can have more compassion. And especially as I work with so many different people as a therapist, I need to be able to open that space and not shut down when somebody has a different opinion. So it's a back and forth. And that's what I do to practice listening to other opinions. And that's how you are going on offense as Mm -hmm. opposed to being defensive. And if you find that you don't have the ability to be Mm open-minded, to go on offense, that's when you need to take both teams and get into therapy and use that referee to say, time out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're getting the yellow card. (laughs) You're going into the penalty box. It's not a competition in therapy. I can't stress that enough. Mm -hmm. And as you're refereeing, you're not picking sides. And I think you are very mindful, too, to not take the side way too much in one area over the other. Right, exactly. I mean, when there's some serious issues that may be something that has to be addressed, absolutely. If there's some if someone's getting problems, hurt. yeah, somebody's getting hurt. Maybe there's some major substance abuse issues. Maybe there's things like that. But yeah, overall, you're trying to just kind of say, okay, you both have points here, different points that you're making. Sometimes we just have to agree to disagree. I mean, in marriage, you know that you have to pick your battles. You can't be fighting over everything. <laughs> I've had to say, okay, dirty socks on the floor. Let me reframe that. Instead of getting upset with Mike about leaving stuff around, I'm going to say that just shows me I'm not alone in this journey in the world. I have a partner. Look, I got little dirty socks around. You know what I mean? I've reframed certain things because it's not worth it to me to get upset over everything. But I think one big thing that's important, whether you're dealing with people in your day-to-day life or it's with your partner, get curious. Instead of getting used to what's going on and why are they thinking this way, get curious. Ask them why they think this way and what their experience is. And the other thing is, remember like back in the day of debating, you would take a topic and debate it, not because you believed in it, but because you were trying to prove a point and you could debate each side. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think it's really interesting when you don't understand someone, try to debate their side. You might be surprised how many arguments you can open up and say, oh, wow, okay, maybe I do kind of get that. Really try to debate the other side. You can turn it into a game and take your ego out of it. And here's what we were talking about today in between breaks. We are not in that world where things are open for debate. We're Mm -hmm. in cancel culture, Mm -hmm. wherein if you don't believe what I believe, then we are completely and totally taking you off of the map. You are Mm -hmm. done. And we are losing, I think, a lot of free speech, Mm -hmm. which I think is terrifying. 
Yeah. A lot of people don't want to admit it, but that is the way that it's going. I often talk about a book that I read 25 years ago called The Thought Police. Mm -hmm. It was a harbinger of things to come, and it was warning everybody about exactly what you and I are talking about. And when I see intolerance from my Gen Zer, and they think they're the most tolerant people in the world, I can't watch an episode of Seinfeld with him without him having a running critique about that's homophobic, labeling everything. No one's laughing at anything anymore, especially themselves. And when you're not laughing, you're building up rage. Take a look around. Mm -hmm. That's where we are as a society right now. Everyone is taking themselves way too seriously. They don't want to hear the other side. They don't want to laugh at themselves. Everything is a personal attack. We're going down the wrong path. This allegedly tolerant path might be the most intolerant path that we've ever been on. Mm, we need comedy. Brian, we need exactly. more laughs. Hey, I got to put food on the table. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. When we watch older shows, a lot of times we kind of gasp, like, you know, we watch something from the 50s or 60s and go, oh, wow, that's kind of sexist, and that's this, and that's that. But we also have to look at the time and the space that it was in. And it's like, okay, you can note that and say, okay, times have changed in these ways and that kind of thing. But getting, like, immediately offended about everything from a different time, especially, that just makes things really difficult. It takes away the pleasure of enjoying that from that time. Well, you have to put it into context as context, well, because yeah. people say, would we ever have a show like All in the Family? And what a shame if we didn't. And mm-hmm. that, by the way, was an attempt at exposing what ignorance could be right. and intolerance. Mm-hmm. But people just don't see things that way. And the other example that I use with everyone all the time, because Steve Carell says this, in terms of doing an office reboot, mm-hmm. how could you have a Michael Scott on oh, television yeah. right now who was as ignorant as he was, and for as much as people gnash their teeth and pull their hair out over such behavior, what is the most streamed show on the planet mm, right now? Right. <laughs> but that is a show, if it was being pitched in front of a network today, they'd be like, nope. absolutely not. Can that character be on no. there? And that's where we are completely losing our way. And I do watch that, and I go, oh my gosh. Because when you do watch it now, the stuff that he says go, oh. It makes me but sad so- in a way. That's the sad thing. Yeah, because yeah. I said to you earlier today, there was a time when we would give idiots enough rope to hang themselves, mm-hmm. and that was good enough. Yeah. But now, we're not letting people hang themselves. Now, we are judge, jury, and executioner. Right, we're right. taking you out of the game, whether you like mm-hmm. it or not. And there's a lot of people, they feel they have to jump on that first to make that judgment so that they don't get judged. So it's this whole thing. And that's what I was saying to you the other day. Oh my gosh, this is getting out of control. And I'm not trying to condone or condemn or anything, but there was natural consequences to things. Like, okay, if you didn't like what this person said, you don't buy their products. But now it just seems like so much for people to take. And I think if we in our daily lives can learn to not overreact in the moment without getting all of the facts, there's so much of that too. I mean, you just get one little fact and everybody's freaking out. To really listen to people and really hear them out and hear the other side of things and to be able to empathize, even if you don't believe in what they're believing, that can really help to maybe shift some of this because it does seem in society it's getting overwhelming. And Courtney, to bring it full circle to a degree, it starts at home. And it starts with interacting Mm -hmm. with the people that you feel the most comfortable around, trying to do better there, Mm -hmm. and then maybe taking what you're learning there as a husband, as a wife, as a child, out into the world, onto social media, Mm -hmm. and everywhere else. And teaching your kids that, and they bring that out into the world. It's arming your kids with this, too. 
having this empathy and being a little more open to things rather than maybe condemning and judging. So when they go out into the world, that things are a little bit better for them in their relationships too, that they can be a little more flexible. Things are better for them until everybody else doesn't reciprocate. (laughs) I think that's also the problem that not everybody is playing nice at home, Mm -hmm. playing fair. So you have to also adjust on the fly in that way, Mm -hmm. where you have to prepare for the fact that not everybody is going to agree with you. One thing that I've always been worried about when it comes to the 21-year-old is he is entering a creative field. Mm -hmm. He's an artist. And I told him, for as much as you have love and passion for what you're doing, when you try to go public with that, get ready for people who are jealous of it to Mm -hmm. crap all over it. Because I deal with that on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I look at his generation, way more so than mine, I don't know that they have the intestinal fortitude to be able to withstand that. To speak to what we're talking about, too, he is as liberal and as tolerant as anybody that you could possibly Mm -hmm. imagine, other than the general Gen Z intolerance that I'm talking about. But he drew a picture of an African-American woman and right away started getting attacked, saying that it was racist. And I said, what? (laughs) Because he was a white kid drawing a black girl what do you know about that experience or that kind of person? I'm like, oh my God, this is where we yeah. are right now as a society that even that is getting attacked. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. to me, that's just creating more division. That's pulling us apart. Mm-hmm. It's not bringing us together. That's where I worry about somebody like him. Right. And that's the thing. I think because, and you always amaze me that you can deal with, because <laughs> you know I can't. <laughs> I tell people, forward it to him. I can't deal with any negative emails or anything because that is, that's a really tough thing. And people will perseverate on insults. And if you're out there in the public eye, people are going to have opinions. So that is where you can try to help strengthen that part of him to know that he needs to do what's true for him and follow his passion to not be focused on, okay, these people are not in the arena. The blood, sweat, and tears, putting their art out there and doing what you need to do. They're not in here. They're just pointing and insulting. And this is what a lot of people are doing right now. They're not out there putting themselves out there. They're just standing on the sidelines and being like, Ah, you did this wrong. Why'd you do that? Don't even give any credence to what they have to say unless they're out there trying to do their best too. We've referenced before Eddie Van Halen attempting to teach his son Wolfgang to play the guitar to which Wolfgang said, you're Eddie Van Halen. I'm not getting this. (laughs) (laughs) I get so frustrated, not only with my wife, but also with the boy when it comes to their being exposed to somebody who's very toxic. Mm -hmm. They've had a relationship with this person for a long time. And I say, walk away. And I lead by example. I've walked away from blood relatives Mm -hmm. for years at a time because I've just said it's doing too much damage to me. Not everybody has the wherewithal to be able to do that. that. And sometimes I get so frustrated and I try to explain it to him. There were kids that made him so upset in high school and Mm -hmm. I kept telling him, in four years you're never going to see these people again. They're Mm -hmm. not even going to matter. Don't give them that time of day. Then he experiences the same thing in college. I Mm -hmm. say, it's the same thing. Remember what I told you about high school. I've already been proven to be right. Why Mm -hmm. can't you apply it now? That's where my frustration comes. But I also have to exhibit patience and realize that my life experience is so different from theirs. Mm -hmm. They have not taken the grenades, the bullets, and everything else that I have. Mm -hmm. To get back to the guitar analogy, when you play a lot, you get calluses on your fingers. At first, when you're pressing down on those strings, it really hurts. Mm -hmm. And it makes you not want to play. But over time, you build up those calluses. 
yeah. and it becomes so easy. That's a pretty good analogy about yeah. how things work in life. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes times, you need that life experience for as much as the Gen Zers and the millennials think, okay, Boomer, we know better. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and I once you've been around the block a few times, you'll know what I'm talking about. Right. And I remember saying to my stepsons, and one in particular, Eric will say to me, I said, hey, listen, I was trying to teach you this lesson or that lesson. He goes, listen, we just had to learn on our own. Yeah. <laughs> I was sometimes like, okay. you do. I said, I was trying to save you some pain in between all of that. But that is so true. They will take little things from here and they'll take it from all different places. And hopefully it'll help to inform them. It's like planting seeds. That's what we say in therapy. It's like we're just planting seeds for some people. They just need to come in for a couple of sessions. We plant some of those seeds. It's going to germinate. And so later on down the road, they'll be ready to make some changes. Then it's important to do that. But it's important also to manage your expectation and your frustration around that because it may take him a while to get to the place where he says, ooh, I have to cut out some of these toxic relationships. Well, it becomes his job eventually to, to nurture yeah. the seeds. Mm-hmm. And this is where things like helicopter parenting and snowplow parenting are dangerous because if you're trying to fix their problems for them, mm-hmm. you have to let them fall down right. a few times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the crops need to die, mm-hmm. but sometimes they'll grow into a giant chia head once they finally get it. <laughs> and that's fantastic for everyone. And really, that's the ideal. The chia head. <laughs> Ch-ch-ch-chia. You know, beautiful thing. <laughs> well, Courtney, very enlightening, very interesting, but I think the one thing that can't be stressed enough here is for as difficult as some of this may be for everybody, for as reluctant as some people are to get into therapy, sometimes that's the help you need. That's mm-hmm. the seed planting that is necessary. Yeah. Don't think that you can handle everything on your own. How many failed marriages lie in the wake of that? Right. Whereas, and you've said it too, much like with my first marriage, had we addressed it earlier, mm-hmm. we probably could have saved it. But the lack of maturity back when I thought I knew everything, back when I was the Gen Zer, mm-hmm. ultimately we couldn't get out of our own way. Ooh, you heard it here first. Brian just admitted. <laughs> Hasn't happened since, <laughs> incidentally. <laughs> no, but I really good. know everything now. Before I <laughs> yeah. thought I did. <laughs> but no, seriously, I yeah. mean, I talk about how much I've benefited from therapy. And I also talk about this with the boy and with everybody else who's gone down that road. When it comes to the seed planting, I often tell you how I walked into my therapist's office and I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to listen to everything that you say and I'm going to follow everything you say. And as you're planting your seeds, either they're going to sprout and if Mm -hmm. they don't, then I'll go somewhere else where hopefully they will. But for me to say, "Eh, I'm going to water this seed but ignore that one, Mm -hmm. you got to be all in on something like this. And that's how you have to be with a relationship and that's how you have to be when interacting with a partner when it comes to conflict. Mm -hmm. All in isn't about you winning every argument. All in is, okay, here's how I feel. Here's how you feel. Where's the middle ground? Exactly. All in means I'm open to this. All in means I'm bringing my energy. What I tell people is focus toward each other. When you're having these conflicts, the worst thing is to look elsewhere. And we always have problems when we start to turn away from each other and look elsewhere. There's other things that distract us. There can be all sorts of things that get our attention. Yeah, (laughs) that gets our attention. She does anyways. But uh, (laughs) it's always about let's refocus on each other and bring our energy toward each other and be all in on that. Even if you're not all in being right or they're right or you're whatever, it's all in on working on the relationship and bringing the best out of each other. All in. All in. Michael Scott said, that's what she said. (laughs) Bring it back to (laughs) (laughs) 
Courtney, if people want to be all in with you, unless they want to send a complaint, which yeah, exactly. you should forward those yeah. to me. Send it to Brian. How can they contact you? You can email me, wellness at wctk.com. You can also feel free to go to our website, catcountry.com, the Wellness Wednesday page. We have lots of great resources. You should check that out. And also our Wellness Wednesday segment. At Cat Country Mornings on most of the socials as well. You can find me under Brian Mulhern, her under Courtney Kelly and Courtney Kelly Bedard. Don't forget about Spotify, Apple Podcasts to listen. You can also do it on the smart devices as well. And hopefully that's maybe how you heard episode 37. Mm -hmm. You can explore some other ways for episode 38. We thank you for listening as always and spending some time on the couch with me or in Courtney's lap on the chair. (laughs) She's Courtney. I'm Brian. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Yeah.